I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Chris, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great, Paul. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing good. I cannot complain. Uh, you know, anytime we get to talk NFL with you, it means it's going to be a good uh, segment. It's always a good time. And, and probably uh, me and, and my listeners here, we're all going to learn something that we didn't know before the segment started. <laughs> certainly, certainly. And hey, hey, there's always things to talk about in the NFL that's going on. The NFL draft, I mean, this time next week, we will at least know who the Steelers' first-round pick is, and uh, we'll be probably waiting on them to make their second- and third-round pick. You uh, are the general manager of the Steelers, Chris. There's a, you know, a tackle that you really like on the board. Najee Harris is on the board. And say, you know, there's a really good corner on the board. Who are you taking? Well, it depends on who those players are. Let's say for the sake of argument. Let's say we're dealing with Najee Harris, Christian Derrissaw, and Caleb Farley. Now, there is, Paul, there is zero chance that all three of those guys are on the board. If, if, there, if that's happening, something wrong happened. Like, you know, it's just everything went to hell, and it's, just, it's bad. But what I will say is this, is that if that happens, I am pretty sure, Paul, somebody is going to get desperate to reach for one of those players, and it may not be Najee Harris. Don't forget, the Chiefs, they had to get rid of their tackles because of the free agency period and the injuries that happened to them, and they know they've got to improve their offensive line. If one of those top offensive tackles, like a Rashawn Slater or a Christian Derrissaw, falls to 24, and they're like, man, that's our guy, we have to get him, you know, or Tevin Jenkins, if, if he's their guy, and we're not sure if someone's going to pick him, they may offer the Steelers, hey, here's our first and second round picks. We'll just take your fifth, your, your, your first round pick to get, hit, to get that tackle we really want, and then maybe we'll take like a sixth round or a fourth round pick to go with it. And doing so would give the Steelers another option later in the first round while giving them another option. Uh, you know, uh, we'll give them that, they'll trade back to later in the first round. And then on day two, they have a shot to have two second round picks and a third round pick. And because of the depth of a lot of the classes this year, linebacker, offensive tackle, center, I think that there's a good chance that you could address several positions as well as cornerback and safety if you have more picks on the second day of the draft. Um, but you still want to get that running back, I still say, on day one. You don't want to play around with that this year. So if that happens to me, Paul, if I'm Kevin Cover, I'm looking, I'm saying, hey, who wants this pick? Because also I'd say the Saints would be in the market because – they need a, a, a cornerback to help their secondary. So they may say, hey, if Caleb Ball is there, we want him. And they know the Browns are coming up right after the Steelers. So they'll say, we want to jump in front of them so they don't get, get our guy. So um, if, if something like that happens where three amazing players on the board, the best thing might be trading back because you're probably still going to have a shot if that happens at either Najee Harris or Travis Etienne a few picks later. We've heard a lot about the Alabama center, um, you know, uh, Chris, and we're talking with Chris Carter, DK Pittsburgh Sports. 
We've heard a lot about the kid from Alabama. Are there any other centers that could be, you know, uh, that have value that could be intriguing at that 24 spot? Well, see, I wouldn't put this, I wouldn't put any of them at the 24 spot, even Landon Dickerson. As much as I like Landon Dickerson, his injury uh, history is a, is a serious red flag. He's a guy that if you say, say the Steelers traded back, in the, uh, traded back in the first round and picked up another second-round pick, then that would be a situation where, like, okay, maybe we use that 55th pick that's our pick in the second round, and then we use one of those fourth-round picks to trade up and get a higher second-round pick, and then you, get, you go get Landon Dickerson. Maybe – something along those lines, but not at 24. This year's center class is kind of, I wouldn't say mediocre, but the talent there, they're not, they're not the game changers that like Marquise Pouncey was when they drafted him in 2010. Dickerson has the potential to be the game changer. Like He, he can block out in space. He, he does move big guys out of the A-gap. But the problem is, Paul, is with, that, with those injuries, everyone's wondering, is that going to be a thing? for his entire career. I wouldn't gamble on it from the Steelers at 24. I would still be looking at running back or another position. But at 55, there are other centers who I think that would be very worthy of the pick. Quinn Miners of Wisconsin Whitewater, a Division three school. It's a small school guy, but he is big. He was mean and nasty in that senior bowl, in those senior bowl practices. I really like the idea of him being a guy that you get at 55 and, fit, and, and fitting the role. He's another guy that looks like he's physically dominant at the point of attack. There are other guys who would be good centers, like Creed Humphrey of Oklahoma and Josh Myers of Ohio State, who could be second- or third-round picks. But the only thing with those guys, Paul, is they don't look the part of the supremely dominant center that's going to take over uh, like a big nose tackle or defensive tackle that's barreling down at them. They will win leverage battles. They will, you know, if it's a zone-blocking scheme, Josh Myers will, will bring you down the line. If it's a situation where you kind of just need to get walled off, uh, that's where uh, that's that's where Creed Humphrey does does very well, and I broke these all down on DKPittsburghSports.com with my Carter's Classroom film study article actually that went out just uh, just yesterday. So if you get a chance, go check that out if you're listening. You want to read more and see more film on these on all these centers I'm naming. But if I had to pick two that would really work for the Steelers on the second day of the draft, it'd be Landon Dickerson and Quinn Miners. Both I think both I think have promising careers ahead of them in the NFL if they can stay healthy. Justin Fields is on the board at 20. Do you move up to get him? Woo! Nah, I don't, I don't think I don't think what they could offer. I, I think they still have to sell the farm to get him. It would be it would be very tempting, Paul. It would be very tempting because I think very highly of Justin Fields. However, I think that when you go when you look at that, you know who's sitting at 20? The Chicago Bears. You know who really needs the quarterback? Chicago Bears. They they would to, to trade with them. I think you'd have to give up multiple first round picks if if Justin Fields fell that far. And they were like, okay, we're definitely picking him. And the only way we're not picking a guy who we think is our legitimate franchise quarterback for the future is if we're getting, you know, several first first round picks to help us move forward. So, um, and I don't think that's the idea with this draft. You don't want to like the Steelers aren't a team that that mortgages the future on getting a quarterback that you're going to need to build more around anyway. It's just not a smart, smart way of doing business. Um, we see a lot of teams trade up and whiff on cornerback. Heck, the Bears, well, you know, we're part of that. They traded up to get Mitchell Trubisky and got nothing, and we saw how that worked out. So if I'm a Steelers, no, I wouldn't trade up in that situation because I think the price would be way too high. But, it, man, it, it would be tantalizing to be able to see him get down to the 20s and think like, oh, man, he is so close. But still. 
be patient, wait, wait your turn, figure it out. And hey, if if you can get an offer where you're giving up, you know, a third, maybe 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 you're you're swapping firsts and you'll give up a second this year and a third next year. Maybe you're talking like that, but I just don't think that the Bears would go for that. They would jump all over Justin Fields at twenty. Um, here's the thing. It, it, are you as perplexed as as to why the, the Alabama quarterback, what's his name, Mac Jones, is as regarded as high as he is? Because I see a guy who's going to be a very, very average NFL quarterback. Yeah, I'm right with you, Paul. I, I think I think that his success at Alabama, it's cool and all. But, he, he like, you know, I, I thought Emmanuel Acho did a, did a great comparison. He, he reminds me of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, hey, I wouldn't be mad if that guy was the quarterback of my team, but I would be mad if I drafted him high up in the first round to get a guy who's more of like a eh, quarterback than like a wow quarterback. Like, I, the people who are putting this guy above above Zach Wilson and above Justin Fields I, and even above Trey Lance, I think I think you're reaching. I, I think that the, you know, there's also the possibility, and you know, a guy that I listen to a lot, Bomani Jones on ESPN, he's pointing out, he's like, Kyle Shanahan is saying all these things about Mac Jones as a smokescreen. He wants us to be the mark and say, Mac Jones, oh, yeah, he's, he's definitely the man. I just don't see it with Mac Jones. He doesn't seem supremely athletic. He does, and, he, and, he, and, look, he looks like he can manage a talented offense, but that's not saying a whole lot. I don't think he, create, he creates enough on his own. If he's a second-round pick, that would, I think that would fit a lot of teams' needs. And if you put a strong running game around him with some talented receivers where you're not asking too much of him, I think you could, you could win football games with him. But I would not, I repeat, I would not be picking him in the top 20, top 25 of this NFL draft class. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I was, I mean, you obviously answered the question that I had in my mind, but if you were a, J, a GM, you know, picking at three, you would take Fields over him, right? If you needed a quarterback. Absolutely, I, I, I would take I would take Fields in a heartbeat. I, I would take Fields at two over Zach Wilson. I know some people feel very strongly about him. I just I don't see it. I don't see like you know when I, when I saw Justin Fields throw, throw you know throw earlier in his college career, I was like, man, that guy's talented, but I want to see more from him. Yeah, and, and then I did see more from him. He developed, and not just developed his arm, not just developed his ability to process on the field, he developed as a leader. I mean, this guy made promises to his team that we were going we to improve the year before. He, he delivered there. And then what I'd love to see, you know, you don't love to see him get hurt. But when he took those big shots, Paul, you saw him take huge shots that would have taken – no one would have blamed him if he would have stayed out some games. He would come out, he'd get himself right, he'd go back in. And he wouldn't just go in and play. He would go in and ball. He would make some plays. He put his body on the line. That's the kind of stuff that when when your teammates see it, they're like, "We're getting behind that guy." And that's the kind of guy you want in your locker room. On top of the fact that he has an arm, on top of the fact that he has the size and the speed, and he seems to be he seems to have good on field you know decision making uh, for most of the time. I would take my shot on him. He's not a, he's not a home run pick. You know, he doesn't have everything that you always want. Like you know, I wouldn't say he's you know he's he's the greatest quarterback of all time or nothing like that coming into college, but. I would say I'm willing to take the shot. I know Ohio State has a rough history of quarterbacks, but he'd be a guy I'd be willing to take the shot on. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Given the Steelers' ability to draft wide receivers and really find gems and whatever, go back, go into Saturday. Now it's the fourth, maybe the fifth round. And there's a guy out there, you know, sort of like their Deontay Johnson or one of those guys that they find that's still on the board. Um, do you think the Steelers should should take him, number one? And number two, is, you know, are, are there a couple of guys that maybe you can think of that would fit that profile where – if they're around in the fifth or sixth round, could be a good additions for them. I've got one guy that I got my eye on who would be perfect, and he seems to be flying under everybody's radar. And, you know, I keep looking at comparing my notes to other people's notes and where they rank him. And a lot of people are having this guy ranked fifth, sixth, seventh round even sometimes. But Cornell Powell of Clemson. And I don't know how people – I guess maybe they're spoiled about Clemson receivers because they are wide receiver you, But – him and Amari Rodgers were two talented dudes for Trevor Lawrence this past year. I like Amari Rodgers a lot. I think he'll go you know, either late day two, early day three. But it seems like Cornell Powell is not getting the counter second. I'm telling you, Paul, when I watched tape on this guy, even before he played Pitt, I was like, that dude's nasty. He's twitchy. He can get open. He fights, he, he fights for catches, you know, catch, uh, combat catches, and, uh, and he's dangerous with, with the ball in his hands. And especially when we watch, if you go back, if you go back and watch that pit game, I know every pit fan was just like, "Ah, oh, man, this is rough." This Clemson's beating on him, but there were some spectacular catches from Cordell Powell. There was one time he was lined up with AJ Woods, and AJ Woods blanketed him. It was one-on-one coverage. He was literally shoulder to shoulder with Cornell Powell, and basically took away one of his arms. And Cornell Powell caught a seventy-yard bomb from Trevor Lawrence with one hand in stride. I was like, whoa. And then there were several others where he went up against Jason Pinnock, and he had to, he had to kind of just catch it right over him in perfect timing. You get a guy like that in the sixth round, that's, that's, your, uh, that's your late round stab at saying, hey, maybe he becomes a future receiver for the Steelers, um, and you sign him to a second contract four years down the line. I, but th- there are guys like that. Cornell Powell would be one of the guys that I have my eyes on. Just cause I've been impressed with him for months. Yeah, I mean there, there are there are some of those gems, and man, the Steelers are really good at finding them, aren't they? <laughs> it seems like they do it every year. There was a there was there was a Ravens fan during the season. It was like, man, we could get our first round pick, draft Devontae Smith, and the Steelers are going to draft a guy from junior college in the seventh round named Boo Boo Blanket, and he's going to be better than Devontae Smith. And he's like, that's what it just feels like when you're watching the Steelers develop wide receivers, and, and I get it. I mean, Steelers fans have felt that way about other teams with cornerbacks. And you're like, man, how can we just get that, that guy? But, you know, some things you have strengths, sometimes you have weaknesses. And one obvious strength is this organization knows how to pick, develop, and, and feature wide receivers. 
they've had plenty over the years, and this year, I mean, they got four on the roster. I'm scared of you know that, that I would be, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm like, hey, all four of those guys are dangerous. So it's going to be about maximizing them. And uh, and hey, you know, if they draft another guy in the late round, maybe they get five guys on the roster that that, that, that scare you. Um, so de- definitely, they've earned that reputation. Last one for you, Chris. I'll let you go. Um, how do the Steelers address uh, their, their their need at tight end? Do you think it's going to be late in the draft, or do you think that they're going to, you know, go the route of finding a Jesse James kind of player? So there's a few ways. Now, if they if they trade if they trade back on for day two, that's one of the positions they could also address in the second and third round with an extra pick. Um, there's no way they get Kyle Pitts. They're all Steelers fans get that out of your mind. That just ain't happening. Now, Pat Fryermuth, I know there's a lot of Penn State fans out there that really like him. But he's not a blocker, you know. He's he's you know he's a guy that's like, eh. Do you really want to invest, you know, a top three, a top, you know, one of your top three picks on this guy? I'm not so sure. Brevin Jordan along the same lines, though. I like Brevin Jordan's athleticism a little bit more. The guy who I think would be worse is if you're in the third round and Tommy Tremble's sitting there. I I might pull that trigger. I might say, you know what? Because that guy blocks and catches. He has some athleticism to him. You you know he he'd still be a developmental project but he wouldn't be like Zach Gentry. But after you get to the Tommy Trennels and the Hunter Longs, that's when it's going to fall off the board. And day three, you're going to be taking stabs. Like you can get a Trey McKitty and maybe he works out, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet, gamble too much on tight end being an answer this year. If you don't get him outside of a, if you don't get him on by day two. Well, that'll be interesting to see how it all works out. And Chris, I'm sure we'll, uh, be picking your brain again next week, uh, maybe a couple of times. Thank you so much, my man, and uh, keep up the great work. Absolutely. You too, Paul. Uh, he's Chris Carter from DK Pittsburgh Sports. I'm Paul Zeiss. It's 93.7 The Fan.